<clears throat> I'm an archivist of monsters in our world. I'm making these to help any adventurers prepare for the creatures they may encounter. Today we are pulling another first-hand account from... Josh Mills. He was a merchant traveling along a trade route to sell his goods when he encountered a hag. The writer of this account describes him as a well-dressed man that was ready to have a mental breakdown at the drop of a hat. It was known that the door closing too loud caused the merchant to almost hit the roof and his face to turn white as a sheet. Let's see what caused this man to so poorly hide his fear of the world around him. My caravan was trudging through the deep snow of the mountains. We were following a well-established trail that was only a week-long journey. We were two days into our trip when a heavy blizzard hit us out of nowhere. We tried to trudge through it, but after 14 days we realized we were lost and we were almost out of rations. We were forced to hunker down and build a camp. My caravan managed to throw together two makeshift cabins. They protected us from the cold well enough to slow our hypothermia. I became so hungry that sleep seemed to be the only escape from my stomach's pain. But I was afraid to sleep because I was worried I'd never wake up again, whether it was from hypothermia or my own caravan thinking I looked a little too tasty. The fear absorbed my thoughts whenever I tried to sleep. I had to stay stronger than them if I wanted to be able to defend myself. I began to hoard food. I'd sneak out when I couldn't sleep and steal a few rations left on the carts. Every time I stuffed food into my jacket, I thought I could hear a cackle echo from the snow whirling around me. I'd look around every time, but I could never see anything past the blinding white snow. After a few days, I noticed how the guards were still so much bigger and stronger than me. That was when I began to steal their remaining rations. Eventually my caravan ran out of food, and they were forced to eat leather that they could find stowed away in the supplies. I don't know if they ever noticed that I didn't eat with them. I'd wait until everyone fell asleep before I'd slip out into the cold. I'd travel deep into the woods where I know I wouldn't be found. I'd dig up my rations and cast Create Bonfire. I would cook the food and eat it. The warmth from the food was like heaven. More often than not, my hunger would subside. But as I sat there, I could feel eyes on me from the blizzard whirling around me. At the time, I thought it was someone from my caravan. The first few times, I thought they had finally decided to eat me. I imagined their purple, nearly dead fingers frozen to the knife handle. Their mouth salivating with the idea of cutting me apart before cooking and eating me. First few times, I rushed home, constantly peering over my shoulder. Now I know what was hidden in the walls of the white that surrounded me was worse than anything I could have imagined. There were five people left out of the 15 I had initially set off with on this doomed trip. It was me, Hunt Frill, Garrett Jenks, Tara Brown, Madison Swan, and Mason Lane, huddled around a fire as it grew dark. On the fire sat what was left of Jean Anderson. I was shivering, even with the fire inches from my body, when suddenly, 
The blizzard died. The wind stopped. The snow cleared. We could see. I immediately wished that I could be struck blind again by any force of nature. Behind Garrett was an emaciated figure. Their body looked like they had been out here for years, eating nothing but leather. Their skin reflected that notion. Even in the dim twilight, I could see it was blue-white as if it had been frozen. It was stretched thin against its bones. It carried a large stick of twisted wood that it propped itself up with. Its face. Oh god, its face. The eyes were sunken and black. Its skin was stretched so tight around its skull that it was forced an unusually large smile to split its features. Maybe the smile was genuine because it seemed to enjoy what it did next. Hera seemed to notice it at the same time I did. We both screamed a hoarse, dry scream. Garrett's last expression was that of confusion. He cocked his head and raised his eyebrows right before the monster's staff crashed into the side of his head. His body slammed into the snow with a thud. I was worried I was next, but instead of continuing the attack, the monster jumped onto Garrett and began to devour him. The sound of squelching flesh and snapping bone invaded my ears. I heard someone scream. They kept screaming. I wanted them to stop, but that was when I realized my throat hurt and the steam from my mouth shot out like a geyser as I continued to scream. I turned and fled toward the cabins. I dared to glance over my shoulder to see Madison and Hunt draw their swords. My back slammed against the outer walls of the cabin as I darted around the corner. I peeked back around the corner to see the monster raise its staff at Hunt. A beam the same grotesque color of that creature's flesh shot out, striking him in the chest. Hunt stopped dead in his tracks. His skin turned blue as his body stiffened. His final breath was a scream that echoed off the mountains long after his heart stopped. Madison was next. She ran up to the beast and swung down at the monster's head. I was so hopeful I almost cheered and jumped for joy. That was until the monster flicked its staff up and a wall of ice intercepted the sword swing. It clattered off the wall, not even leaving a mark. Madison stumbled back off balance. I saw the creature swing its staff down in an arc. Suddenly, clouds formed above Madison. Hail the size of my head slammed into her body over and over again, until I heard one piece strike her skull with a loud crack. The hail forced her body to the ground head first. Her feet flew up into the air, then right back down to catch up with the rest of her. Then it was suddenly quiet. Beast looked around seemingly surprised by my cowardice. I looked at the ground began to follow the footprints in the snow. I darted back around the corner to prevent it from noticing me. I heard its feet in the snow, stepping closer and closer. My heart slammed against my ribcage as if it was trying to escape from the monster as well. All I could hear was the blood rushing past my ears like a waterfall. I slowly realized that I heard the sound of creaking wood. It snapped me out of my panic as I realized that it had entered one of the cabins. 
I slowly peeked around the corner and it registered that I didn't know where Tara was. A scream erupted out the door and was cut short before a loud thud echoed in the silence. The crunching and squelching that followed seemed to release my legs from their paralysis. I wanted to sneak away, but my body broke into a sprint on its own. My lungs burned like they were on fire. My head hurt from focusing so hard on the sounds around me. At one point I thought I heard footsteps behind me, but the attack I was waiting for never came. I ran long into the night. Eventually, my adrenaline dissipated and I slowed to a walk before stopping entirely. I bent over and vomited onto the ground before curling up under a tree. I didn't think I'd fall asleep, but I must have, because I woke up about noon the next day. I wandered for another day before I found some adventurers who were hunting the monster. They fed me, gave me new clothes, and escorted me to my destination. Before the adventurers left, I offered them a reward for when they'd return from killing that horrid thing. They were never seen again. No one ever found their bodies. Now every day I'm worried that creature is stalking me, waiting for me to weaken again before it attacks me and eats me like it did my caravan. A note was left at the end of the account stating that they reached out to Mr. Mills for more information and clarification on some things, but they received no response. After visiting his hometown and asking around, they discovered that one night, after a bad snowstorm, Mr. Mills went missing and was never seen again. This account covered the attack of a burr hag. It's a terrifying creature that lives in snowy areas like mountaintops. It carries around a crooked staff that it uses to cast spells. It uses control weather to trap their victims in horrid conditions that force them to make difficult decisions. It delights in people being pushed to the brink of humanity. It enjoys when people act selfishly to preserve their own life. In short, these monsters revel in the suffering of others. As seen in this report, it can cast spells like Ray of Frost, Wall of Ice, and Ice Storm. It's rumored to be able to cast Hold Person and Cone of Cold as well. It can deal physical damage as well by swinging its staff like a club. Also observed from this account is the Burr Hag's interesting tendency to hold off on an attack to consume the corpse of a recently dead victim. This will often cause people to panic and flee in terror, making them easy targets. It is unknown if this hag was part of a coven, as anyone who would have details on this is dead or presumed dead. This creature has a challenge rating of 7, which poses a significant danger to low-level adventurers. If you are in a sudden snowstorm and feel like you are being watched, I urge everyone in your party who can to cast Dispel Magic. If you are a low-level adventurer, avoid places where the burr hags live, like snowy mountaintops. With this story fresh in your minds, remember to stay safe and always be prepared.